these people. Greetings to these people. I'm, are we good? Okay. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome, Mission Vineyard family. And if there's any, I don't see any guests here, but any guests online. Um, we are going to start this morning off with some celebration. We're going to try something new, okay? We, uh, my predecessor, Lila, and our Pastor John have had this dream of having a multicultural, thus multilingual worship service. And so we're going to try something new this morning. You can go ahead and stand up. This is going to be kind of a fast song. We're going to pray quickly before we enter it, but I just like to think of this uh, worship also as prayer too. So Father, we just welcome you into our midst. We just want to tell you this morning we love you. Please just, we invite you here. That is how we like to greet you every Sunday. We just say, come Holy Spirit. I personally invite you to inhabit my praises. I only want to do this for you, and I know I need you in order to do it. So Father, we dedicate this worship service. We dedicate the sermon. We dedicate everything here, even the announcements. We dedicate to you and your move. We expect you to be here. We expect you to come uh, where there is comfort needed. We expect you to comfort where there is joy needed. We expect you to um, bestow joy because that is who you are. And you give us your Holy Spirit with all those wonderful things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Hmm. We thank you for the honor of being able to just enjoy your presence. Yes, yes. Father, I pray that you would just speak to each and every person here, that there would be no one who leaves that does not get the touch of your fingertip, Amen. that they would just be able to depart with something new, something fresh, or maybe something long forgotten. We thank you. We give you praise. In your son's name, amen. Amen. All right. Are we ready to celebrate? Let's celebrate. Okay, we're going to start with an oldie but goodie. I believe most of you know this. Okay. And if it gets a little fast, it's because I get super excited, so I apologize now. Okay, we ready? All the time, 
to you. Are you with me? Okay. From the verse. No eres fiel y tu misericordia eterna. Señor, eres fiel y tu misericordia eterna. People. Gente de toda lengua y nación, de generación a generación. Te adoramos, te adoramos hoy. Aleluya, aleluya, te adoramos hoy. Eres Señor. We worship. Te adoramos hoy. Aleluya, aleluya, te adoramos hoy. Eres Really well. I'm proud of you. <laughs> so let's go straight from declaring how good he is and how much we love him into giving him our hallelujah. Are you with me? You will have my hallelujah. You will the highest name. strength. 
spend them running outside. I just want to think about what does it mean to actually surrender everything? What does it mean to make his life our grace? Do we actually live under that grace? Christ and what it means to us from his birth all the way to Pentecost and the gifts that we've been given and out of that we just really want to praise the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit Praise the Father Praise the Son Praise the Spirit Three Oh, 
worship through communion. Yes, you may be seated. Sorry about that. Need a mic. Before I read the text this morning that we usually use in 1 Corinthians 11, where Paul really gives us the summary of how uh, the Lord's Supper is to be taken together, I wanted to read something uh, by way of preface, if I might, uh, from a book that uh, Eugene Peterson has written uh, called The Hallelujah Banquet. It's a, it's a book about really the last, uh, or the book of Revelation about the letters to the seven churches. And uh, let me read a little bit of what he calls the blessing as we not only commemorate the Lord and his death and burial and resurrection, but also the preview that the supper has for us ahead for the future that we have in him. 
In his book, uh, this Hallelujah Banquet, Peterson writes the, the following. This is the blessing, he said. The angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are true words of God. That's from Revelation 19.9. This blessing, Peterson writes, follows the hymns and features hallelujah and amen. In fact, there's only four times in the New Testament the word hallelujah is used, and it's used in the 19th chapter of Revelation. But anyway, he says that uh, the kind of life that expresses gratitude to God and responds with a yes to God is finally gathered around God's table. Being invited to that table is the best thing that can happen to you and to me. It is God's blessing. A marriage supper brings the additional mark of festivity and celebration. The dinner is a celebration for a union, a marriage that has been established by love and commitment. Love is celebrated in all its joy, and faithfulness is celebrated in all its firmness. Joy and affirmation are celebrated. Hallelujah and amen are united in a festival. Our deepest capacity for praise and our deepest impulse for affirmation are focused at that table where God's goodness and God's yes are expressed in sacrament. Come to this hallelujah banquet of our Lord and be blessed. So I want this to be set as a part or in front of us as, let me read this text that we're so familiar with from Paul here. And he talks about this primarily as a remembrance, but re remember, if you will, also that this remembrance is a preview, a foretaste of what is yet to come. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And might I add, and also celebrate that great marriage banquet that we will have in heaven one day. So let's take these elements right now, if we can, and the bread or this uh, sanctified styrofoam that we use. Let's take this in remembrance of his broken body for us. And likewise, this juice or the wine, if you're at home, take this in remembrance of the blood he has shed for us. Let's uh, stand and say the Lord's Prayer together, if we might, in just a response to this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Blessings. Good morning. Welcome. Um, just in case anybody hasn't looked outside or can't see because we only have one window, it's now sunny. So welcome on this rainy, humid, sunny day. We're so glad you're here. My name is Arlita Arelli, and I just wanted to welcome you to our time of worship here this morning, whether you're here in person, which is getting fuller and fuller, or if you're worshiping with us online, we're so glad you chose to join us. If you are new this morning, um, I hope that you received one of these welcome bags. Um, 
inside there is some information about our church, um, as well as what we call a mana bag. Um, as we're out driving around the city, oftentimes people ask for some cash, and I never carry cash with me because I don't know where I spend it. So it's a way that we could bless our friends in the city by giving them um, some food they can use, a water, some socks, um, and just to kind of bless them as we go about our day. And, and if you get an opportunity to pray for them, that's wonderful as well. Just a couple of quick announcements. Um, our church here um, is really comprised of a bunch of small groups around the whole city, some meeting online and some in person, some meeting weekly, some meeting monthly, but there's pretty much something for everyone. And so if you go to smallgroups.missionvineyard.org, you'll find a listing of all sorts of information about our small groups. Uh, but I wanna highlight uh, two of our monthly gatherings. One's gonna happen tonight. It's called our family small group, meaning anybody of all ages can come. And it's supposed to be outside. Um, I checked it with Katie, our pastor of kids and family, and she said it's hopefully going to be happening still because the weather is being fickle. Um, but plan on it happening. It might be a little muddy, but we meet at the Harmony Hills Community Park. You're welcome to bring um, a picnic dinner for your, you and your family. But it's a time of fun and laughter and playing. Um, and games, uh, some structured, some just kind of a free-for-all um, in a huge field, and there is a building with restrooms and stuff like that. Um, but this is a great time, and then Katie um, kind of intersperses it with some devotional Bible study-type activities. But again, it's for the whole family. Um, any age is welcome, and it's ha that normally happens the second Sunday of the month, but because of Mother's Day last week, we moved it to this week. And then our other announcement is this coming Saturday is our monthly men's gathering. It'll be happening at uh, Iberto's house um, this week. He's making rice and beans, right? And then if you want to bring anything to go with that, you're welcome to do that. Uh, Randall, who led communion, is one of our leaders. James, back on the soundboard, is another leader. You can ask them for questions, or if you just want to stop by and meet the back table, you're welcome to do that as well. Um, and then lastly, next Sunday, we're having baptisms right out there. On the patio, we'll open up the door, and the, during worship, we will pause for a little bit and baptize. People have chose to publicly declare their profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And so if you haven't been baptized yet, or you're baptized as a baby, and you really feel like God's calling you to get rebaptized, you don't have to, but if you really feel like that's a, an act of obedience to Jesus, um, please let me know, and we'll kind of go over some why we baptize and the, all of that stuff this week. And we would just love to celebrate with you as you make that public profession. So I'm going to pray for our service and then invite Pastor John up for the sermon. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all that you have done, that you are doing, and will do. I pray, Lord, that you um, would continue to bless Mission Vineyard in how you lead us to share your kingdom good news, Lord Jesus, here on Broadway um, and in the rest of the larger portion of San Antonio, Lord. God, I pray for uh, John's sermon this morning that you would speak to him and that you, you would uh, kind of give him the words to say to share with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Arlita. You're welcome, John. Boy, it's so good to be with you all this morning. Sorry, we're, uh, the cup of the Lord spilled over. It was just abundant this morning, and so we're... We're, we're negotiating that this morning. Randall, thank you for that. Uh, we had, I didn't realize this, a lot of people ready to serve communion this morning. So just know we really like communion here so much so that it's just overflowing in many people in many different ways. My name is John Arelli. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's really good to be with you. Uh, this morning, I want to focus in on a place that's been really difficult for me, and that is experiencing the sweetness of the Lord. We are meant to experience the sweetness of the Lord. The sweetness of the Lord is for us, made for us, offered to us. And you're going, Geba John, have you seen what's going on in Israel and Palestine? The world's about to end. As followers of Jesus, as his disciples, we are called to experience him first and then experience the world. His sweetness is our calling. His sweetness is our life. His sweetness draws us to a place of love in order to pour out in the world, even if that means screaming at the television. <laughs> so before I get started this morning in our series on following Jesus and becoming a disciple, I want to pray. Holy Spirit, you know more than anybody that I'm just a man. And I'm a man that's filled often with angst about what's going on in this world. 
filled with angst about uh, how the church has been challenged this past year. Angst about social and political and racial and all kinds of issues. God, you, you know more than anybody how much you're healing me and freeing me of that angst into a place of love and sweetness in you. In the name of Jesus, I come against any spirit, any frustration that would be against your sweetness and love this morning. I come against all powers and authorities that would be against your name, Jesus, being lifted higher than any other name. And I surrender, Lord, as a man wanting to communicate your love this morning. I surrender to your love for me. I accept your love for me as greater than any other force in my life. That you died on the cross for me so I could be forgiven and set free. That you live powerfully in me by the power of your Holy Spirit in mission and in character and in gifts. Let your word flow through me, Lord. Just a man. By the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. My friend, Carol. Carol, would you come up and join me? I'm going to give you a mic, and I'm going to put my mask on just to, you know, keep some sort of protocol. I don't know what we're doing these days. Nobody does. But, um, Carol, God has done amazing things in you, and he's not done yet. So... Right now, you are in the midst of a, of a season where you're going to see a lot of doctors. And you want to just share what, what's going on right now where, where you're asking God to heal you? Yes, well, um, right now I'm under attack with, you know, with my health. But I told, like I told Pastor, when I was, uh, a, I was like 20-something, I got attacked and I, I, had, I was paralyzed. And people prayed for me, my church prayed for me, and it took like about four or five months, and I just came out of it. So I came out of that, and I've come out of so many things that the Lord has brought me through, you know, and I'm like, if he brought me through that, then he's going to bring me through this, because he is our healer, and, you know, he's, a, he's been everything to me. He's been my protector, my provider, my, you know. So they're talking about them. Yeah. To, when I was growing up as a child, uh, I had no one. Uh, I was with this family that was very abusive and, you know, some of the physical abuse and all of that. But when I went to work, when I, the first time I went to work, this girl named Irene Moreno, she came up to me and she told me that I wasn't happy. And I said, yes, I am, because, you know, you can't show it at work. And she was like, no, you're not. And she told me, God told me you're not. So that day I started crying and I started going to church with her and I felt like, you know what, there's nothing that I cannot handle because God is with me. He's been with me all through it with my family and everything. So I know that this storm that I'm going through right now, that God's going to be with me. Just like when I was paralyzed that God took me out of that. God complete. So you were an orphan. Yes, you I were was adopted. I didn't find out that I was adopted till I was 16 and I was wondering, you know, why my, the lady was so abusive with me, you know, she beat me with vacuum cleaner pipes and, you know, and then her brother, you know, raped me and stuff when I was little. So I had been through it all. And, you know, when I started going to church, my pastor at that church was like, you know what, let me do counseling and let me do deliverance ministry on you. And that was the best thing that he could do. All of a sudden, just God started healing me. And I knew, like, there's nothing that I can't overcome with him. He's a, he's, a, he's a good God. And he's all I've ever had, you know. And being abused, I went through three abusive relationships. And, you know, so I'm like, you know, but God pulled me through those two. <laughs> so Hearing your story, I was, you know, selfishly thinking about my own angst, and I thought, Lord, you brought Carolyn through healing from being an orphan, healing through 
the abusive relationships. You brought her through physical healing. She was paralyzed, God, and you completely healed her. Uh, other places of physical healing, completely healed. And so now you're going through the season of like, Lord, am I going to have eyesight? Lord, uh, my heart, all these things. And when I hear the confidence from you, like he's going to carry me, even though you're physically suffering, you've got plenty of reason to say, God, why are you letting me suffer again? And instead, God's like, his love is just pouring out of you and through you and in you. What, what is he saying to you these days? To trust him. He said, you know, one scripture he gave me was trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all my ways, acknowledge me and I will. <laughs> yeah. And I will acknowledge you. <laughs> I know the scripture, but I'm like. Yeah. But that's all he's telling me because when I get like worried and stuff, like, you know, my family and stuff. I remember, it's like, God, remember what I did for you back then? I'm still the same God. Mm. The same God that took care of you when you were paralyzed. And like I was telling Pastor, uh, when I was the first time, my first husband, you know, uh, I, want, I, I tried to commit suicide. And I had been out, you know, the whole night. And the, by the time they found me, you know, the, the ambulance people told my kids, you know, she's going to die. She was out. So they put me to the hospital, and I was like, I mean, I was out for like six months. And uh, one lady where I used to go to church at, she said that God woke her up every single night, and she didn't know why. She just cried and cried for me, and I came out of that coma. And I was like, and the doctors were like, you're not even supposed to be here. You should either be brain dead or dead, you know. And so God gave me a chance, you know, and, and that's why I trust him. I said, if he took care of that, he can take care of my eyesight. And my heart and everything else that's going on. So my faith is Can we pray for Carol real quick? I just feel like this is a testimony that we need to hear. And then there is a team already praying for you all this morning to see what God might do in you. And then I want to pray for that as well. So um, let's just pray for Carol, okay? Thank you, Jesus. Lori, thank you so much for saving Carol's life over and over again, for rescuing her, Lord. Yes. For today, Lord, that she is a testimony to us of your goodness, no matter what's going on. Jesus. Lord, she's saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And we bless Carol with that blessing, that you will make her path straight, as she acknowledges you this morning. God, for anybody suffering in any of the ways that Carol spoke to this morning, we bless them with your healing, God. Yes, Lord. In the same way you blessed Carol, Lord, we say blessing that you would heal and restore and rescue every single person in this space and listening online. Yes, Because you are that God. Anything else that you want to pray for people? Well, I told Aaron this morning when I, was, I woke up, I saw like some lady sitting with blonde hair and that she had been through the same thing. But I told her, and I think it was just that I was nervous, but I did see this lady like with blonde hair and that she had been going through so much and that if she is out there, that God wanted her to know he loves her and that he'll take care of her just like he did me. You know? It may be that you, you might want to sneak Carol away if something that resounded in you and she let Carol pray for you at the end. But there's also somebody here, there was a, the team and we just write these things down in risk and faith. Someone who wants freedom from an addiction to marijuana. Someone with broken toes. Someone who needs to know you're in the right place. And this word heart frostbite, I'm not sure how to discern that, but somebody, somebody understands that word heart frostbite if that's you. Uh, I, just, I wanna pray for you right now, all these things. And at the end of the service, what's gonna happen is we're gonna have a prayer team over here. And for you online, there's a way to click and say, I want prayer. And someone will be able to respond to you in a private text area. But I want to pray for these things right now. Lord Jesus, you've brought these things to mind. You've brought Carol uh, with us this morning to reveal some things. We trust in you, Lord, in your authority to do this work. For those who need healing this morning, for all these things, we pray in the name of Jesus that you'd be healed. We thank you, God, so much for what you're up to. Amen. Carol, thank you so much. Thank you, Would you all give Carol a clap? I think that's... I love what God's up to. I love what God's up to, especially with you kids. 
I love that you kids are here. I'm, I know you desperately want your own classroom upstairs. I, there's one back there that's cheering. She's like, that's right, I am here. Or I, he is, I don't know. I'm really glad you kids are here. And whatever noises you make, uh, I'm just glad that you're here because God loves you so, so much. And you parents that are nervous about your kids making noises or fidgeting or whatever, it's worse for you than it is for us. We just love them. Uh, and actually, what's going to happen if they do make noise and stuff is they're probably going to be used by God to teach us a little something about us. So thank you, kids, for being here, and thank you, parents, for your patience with your kids. Uh, kids, I do need your help real quick. Would you tell me your opinion of the sweetest things you've ever tasted? And online, maybe there's some kids, you've got to type in, what are the sweetest things you've ever tasted? Maybe there's some kids at heart that you can tell me what are the sweetest things. Gummy bears. Oh, I love gummy bears. Cake that you had last night and you didn't share with me. Caramel. Oh, boy. Oh, you did share with me. That's right. Pecan pie. Oh, I love pecan pie. It's too sweet for me. Chocolate fudge. Oh, yeah. Tres leches, yes. I'm glad somebody said that. Cotton candy. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, it's making my teeth just tingle right now. Cotton candy ice cream. That's just doubly sweet. Cookies and cream ice cream. Popcorn. Oh, there's some good po sweet popcorn. I love that. that uh, I can't even remember the name. I put it out of my misery. It would, it would ruin me. Caramel corn, oh. There's so many sweet things in this world that we get to, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, consume, be overwhelmed by. If you keep on eating these sweet things, we feel like we might be overwhelmed by them. We get sick. Some of the, when you guys said gummy bears, I imagine this one time I ate too many gummy bears and my stomach was not happy. Today I want to talk about a sweetness of the Lord, but the sweetness of the Lord is not the same thing as eating too many gummy bears. Although I do feel like that sometimes. One of the reasons why I don't pursue the sweetness of the Lord is because like the normal sweets of my life, I don't feel like I deserve them or that it's, it's probably inappropriate this time. How many of you were told not to eat sweets before dinner? How many of you were allowed to eat ice cream for dinner one night? And it was so good. There's a sweetness of the Lord that he wants us to have, and he wants us to engage freely no matter what's going on. But I think sometimes we're just afraid. Some of you men, you feel like you've got to man up and not experience the sweetness of the Lord because you're too tough to need it. You're a fighter, and that's what God made you to be. To engage the world with strength and swords and stuff. And I know there's some of you lady fighters out there too. You're going, not just the men, I'm a She-Ra of the universe. For those of you who got that reference, welcome. <laughs> Oftentimes we feel like we need to fight. And I have to tell you, as a pastor over the last year, I have felt like I've had to fight. Fight. And, and as a church, let's brace against what's going on in the world Let's not be caught up in the political things. Let's not get caught up in the pandemic issues. Let's not get caught up in the racial issues. And yet my heart has been overwhelmed in compassion for what's going on. I'm overwhelmed today about the Palestinian and Israeli issues. I'm overwhelmed. But that's not going to stop me from pursuing the sweetness of the Lord. Because my angst and my overwhelmedness and the way I want to fight against the injustice of the world will not keep me going as the world continues to fight. It is the sweetness of the Lord that I desperately need in order to continue going. So if you've got a Bible, you can open up this morning and be with me in Ephesians 2. If you don't, it's going to be up on the screen in one of the most beautiful translations that I've seen, written by a scholar in England. His name is N.T. Wright. And he writes Ephesians 2 this way. <laughs> and I really feel like he's addressing me. So where do you come into it all? Well, John, you were dead. You were dead because of your offenses and sins. That was the road you used to travel. 
keeping in step with the world's present age in step two, with the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is even now at work among people whose whole lives consist of disobeying God. Actually, that's how all of us used to behave, conditioned by physical desires. We used to do what our flesh and our minds were urging us to do. What was the result? We, too, were subject to the wrath in our natural state, just like everyone else. This section of Scripture is describing a couple of things here. We see the world. We see the devil. We see our flesh. These are the three areas that typically challenge us from living a sweet life. We're conflicted by what's going on in the world. We're conflicted by what's going on in our own bodies. Somebody today I know is going to be free from their addiction to marijuana. There's addictions that we fight. It's not just drugs. It's other things. Some of you have been staying up all night addicted to technology. And it's destroying you. We're at war in our death, in the death of who we are to what's going on in the world and in our flesh and the conflict that demonic forces still challenge us with. It doesn't mean that there's a demon behind every bush, but it does mean that we have to take authority over demonic forces that are going on in the world, especially in our own lives. To say that these things don't affect me is like living in uh, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. That's not real sweetness. That's going to kill you. To live in the sweetness of the Lord is to first acknowledge that we live in a world that's just not, not sweet at all. And if we allow it to overwhelm us, we will be corrupted and kept, as Paul is addressing the, the Ephesians, in complete death. Now, for me, who's very social justice-minded, man, I could stay so engaged in all this worldly stuff, and I'm going to fight, and I'm going to march, and I'm going to... Which is all, there's so much good. But to stay there without the sweetness of the Lord is so corrupting. And we remain dead, only adding more death to the world. So becoming a disciple doesn't mean just having compassion and being engaged with these three forces. Becoming a disciple means engaging these forces with the sweetness of Jesus. So we continue in Ephesians 4, and Paul turns the corner with us. So he ends the last verse. He says, we too were subject to wrath in our natural state, just like everyone else. (laughs) And then he says, but when it comes to mercy... When it comes to mercy, God is rich. When it comes to mercy, God is rich. He had such great love for us that he took us at the very point when we were dead through our offenses. He made us alive. Together with the king. Yes, you are saved by sheer grace. Destiny already pointed that out during worship. Somebody somebody needing to experience this grace. He raised us up with him and made us sit with him in the heavenly places in King Jesus. This was so that in the ages to come, he could show just how unbelievably rich in his grace his grace is. And the kindness he has shown us in King Jesus. He is so sweet. Friends, my life is not fueled by what's going on in the world. In fact, the more I engage in the world without the sweetness of Jesus, the more I end up just like Paul is describing, absolutely dead. One of the largest challenges of my life is going to Jesus, and I know he loves me, but 
I really only recognize that he loves me when I'm actually able to love myself like he loves me. Anyone else challenged that way? You have a hard time loving yourself the way that Jesus loves you? You can say in your head, I know God loves me. In fact, that's why I gave him my life. Because he's the only one that can love me the way I am. But it's still hard to experience that, to live in that love. Now, this sermon is not about loving yourself. And if you just go around loving yourself, that's not going to solve it either. But there is, look at this scripture in Ephesians 2 verse 4. But when it comes to mercy, God is rich. I had this experience with my neighbor the other day. Uh, it, was, it was a day of just miracles. I, and I couldn't believe it. I believe that God does miracles. I've been a part of some fantastic miracles. Boy, I grew up and I saw a televangelist knocking people down on stage and stuff. I thought that all that stuff was crazy. Until I prayed for somebody and they fell down. And I didn't push them, I promise. <laughs> this past week, I saw some powerful things happen. And I wasn't expecting them, y'all. I've got to be honest with you, my heart wasn't ready for them. I was still stuck in the world's grasp, really frustrated at what was going on. Some of you have some significant, significantly difficult jobs. You all are social workers and nurses and teachers, and, and you've been engaging this world head on. There's a police officer here, and I was, I was, I'm just challenged by what it means to be a cop today and wanting to serve the world and yet being politically utilized back and forth by every single vote that happens. You all who are serving today, I just want to bless you. You all who are hospital, nurses, doctors, you're all in the face of what needs the most mercy. And right now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you, and God bless you, and may you be protected. And may you be rescued from the constant death that you're seeing. When it comes to mercy, God is rich. And so I was face to face with my neighbor who had some physical pain. And I said, I don't care what you're saying. I'm coming over and I'm praying for you. That's what I said. I was, it's the most brash I've ever gotten. It was really, really rude. I don't suggest that you say that to your neighbors, but they understood, in fact, so much so that when I'd forgotten what I said and I did not pray for my neighbor, his wife called me and said, uh, are you going to pray for him? And so I did. I went over and I got some olive oil and I, I put it in a, a, a cupcake plastic thing, tin. And I, I, this is not like going to Catholic church and the oil has been prepared for years and anointed. I just got some olive oil. I went over and I said, do you mind if I pray for you and lay a hand on you? And I prayed for him and I anointed the space that he was in pain with oil. And as I did, even before I did, his wife just started weeping. And I, I'm reading her and I'm asking, she doesn't know, but she's overwhelmed by the sweetness of God. Have you ever felt that overwhelmed by the sweetness of God? There's this moment, I wish we could conjure it up. We can't. But when God is present, his very presence reveals something of our need, doesn't it? Some people just begin to weep and cry. Some people jump and they laugh. Some people fall down. They just can't handle it. But the sweetness of God was revealed to this wife who just began to weep almost uncontrollably. And when she did, and the sweetness of God was revealed through her, I went, okay, God, maybe you're up to something. Now, granted, I've already stepped out with oil and whatever ready to pray. I mean, and in some boldness, but I really, there was still part of me that thought, I don't know, God, if you're going to show up in this way. And so then I began to pray, and, and he began to cry. And I'm asking what God's doing, and, and you know what? His pain was completely relieved. And then through that healing, what happened to me? Then I experienced the sweetness of God. Now, I have experienced God's sweetness in some places where I didn't experience healing. Where God just showed up, and I've told my testimony before, where I was in a desperate place. I was suicidal. And I wanted God to stop the harassment that was going on in my life, both spiritually and personally. It was coming from these three dimensions of the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I was crying out to God saying, God, when are you going to make this stop? 
Some of you are here and you're desperate for God to do something to intervene and make these attacks stop. And God said, he spoke to me and he numbed my tongue in my complaint, crying out to him. He just numbed me physically. And he said, John, I'm all you need to know. Now, he didn't give me an answer, but just his presence, just his speaking to me in the midst of these things going on was a sweetness. I'm feeling it now. I've learned over the years to tell the difference between my Italian emotionalism and the sweetness of the Lord. And the vineyard actually has done intentional work when there's a ramp up of the service to send people for a coffee break. So we know the difference between the Lord doing something and our excitement. But when it comes to mercy, God is rich. He had such great love for us and has such great love for us that he took us at the very point when we were dead and made us alive together with the king. And so here's what this sweetness is for, friends. We are, and forgive the announcement for those of you who are here, it's not a fire alarm or anything. The museum is just opening up and we just overhear it. It's just something we deal with every week. The sweetness of Jesus is an invitation It's an invitation to be present in the midst of these three dimensions of the sin and the flesh and the devil. It's an invitation to know that God is present and alive and wanting to give us more than we can experience in our normal lives. He's wanting to renew us. He's wanting us to set us free. He's wanting to make us new. And that newness and the need for that newness doesn't stop. Maybe you were made new when you were 12 years old. Let me tell you, that 12-year-old faith is not going to be able to entertain the sin and the flesh of the devil of today. You need to be renewed again. That new creation that God made in you then needs to be continually renewed because his sweetness was not just for when you were 12. His sweetness is for right now. His sweetness is for you when you've gotten to the end of the bottle and you're still craving more. His sweetness is for you when you have been so stoned at the end of your grasp, you don't know what else to do with you. His sweetness is for you. His sweetness is for you if you've been abused and you don't know how to face those demons and whatever has happened in the past. His sweetness is for you. His sweetness is for you when you've got a kid that you don't know what to do with, young or old. His sweetness is for you. It's an invitation to live in a new creation space. There's a a verse that I memorized when I was a teenager, and it's really, it's continued to minister to me. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it's for you today, I think. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new Creation. Who's hungry to be a new creation today in the midst of the sin and the flesh and the devil? Who's hungry to be living as a new creation today? To experience the richness of God's mercy. To be made anew. To experience a taste of that sweetness in the midst of such a sour, sour world. I want to encourage you that I felt like, well, that sweetness of Religion, those people, all they think is they they just escape the world's grasp. No, my friends. This is the place where God has given to us his sweetness in the midst of a world that's so dark is so that we can survive and be a new creation people in the midst of this world. To do and offer the same thing that he's offered to us. Because at the point when we were dead, the scripture says, Through our offenses, he made us alive. And if we look around at your neighbors and your friends and family, there are plenty of people that still need to come to life today. To be made alive by Jesus. He raised us up with him. Made us sit with him. 
I want to invite you right now, actually, as we begin a time of ministry, to sit with Jesus. I want to read this verse again. He raised us up. I pray he raises you up right now. In the same way that Jesus was risen from the dead, that hope is given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He raises us up with him and makes us sit with him. Let's, can we sit with Jesus for just a moment and experience his sweetness? Some of you have a, a horrible imagination because it's been crushed over the years. I pray right now for a renewing of your imagination to sit with Jesus in your mind's eye right now. Can you sit with him? God has made us to sit with Jesus in the heavenly places, in his sweetness, in King Jesus. You're made to sit and experience his sweetness. That is good for you. And it's so much better than Netflix. It's so much better than swiping and swiping and swiping through social media. He's, he's calling to you. He's giving you an invitation. Would you come? This was so that in the ages to come, God could show just how unbelievably rich his grace is. The kindness he has shown us in King Jesus. He died for you and he lives for you and he's inviting you to sit with him and experience his sweetness. That is what following Jesus means. That's what being a disciple really is. In the midst of the sin and the flesh and the devil, sit with him in his sweetness and be reminded of his rescue and to be called to his new creation. Would you stand with me, please? And would you pray with me this prayer, whether it's old or new? Lord Jesus, I come to you now and I ask for you to forgive me. I ask you to set me free from my sin, from my flesh, and from the devil. I ask that you'd make me a new creation, that the old would be gone and the new would come. Yes. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Be with me forever. I love you, Jesus. Yes. I'm going to ask, we have teams of people ready to pray for you. There's one in the corner here. If that one's full, we can have one here. If anything is spoken to you today, if some of the words uh, that, that were spoken before, if anything touched you, maybe something that Carol said, come down here for a prayer. And I want to wait and just allow for this last song to wash over us. Maybe some of you are feeling anxious for your kids. You want to go rescue them from upstairs. Go for it. But don't let this moment pass by without experiencing the sweetness of Jesus. Come for prayer. Come see one of these scenes as we worship. Just invite him today to this place. Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom.